Excuse me, sir, sir, excuse me. I just need you to help me. I just, sir, sir, can you answer? Okay, I guess not. Ma'am, ma'am, yes, yes. I just need you to answer a question. Can, ma'am, please, just take a few, okay. Sir, any, ma'am, any, can someone help me, anyone? I just need someone to answer a question. What year is this? Yes, what year is this? What? Oh, it's 2019? Are you sure? Are you sure? It's really 2019. Like right now, it's 2019. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. All right, good morning, everyone. I know you're thinking, wait, what, what, what's going on? Why is he starting that way? Well, it is Saturday, June um, the 15th. I, I, I don't know what year it is, so I'm not going to say what year it is. I, I don't even know what day it is anymore. I, I'm completely confused. And you may be asking, why is he so confused? Well, I, I honestly think somewhere between 10 p.m. on Thursday and midnight, something happened. And I think the entire earth went through some time portal. And when we woke up Friday morning, we discovered that we were no longer in 2019. We were back, I don't know, maybe 1987, maybe 1993, uh, maybe 1994. I, I don't know. Something happened. Something happened. And we were going backwards. All right. We're, we're not going forwards. We were literally jumped back in time. And, and all of us. Uh, there, there's people who have realized this and the rest of the world, they're, they're still convinced they're in 2019. But I'm telling you, they're not. You're not in 2019 anymore. Something happened. No, 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 no. This is not a conspiracy theory. I've got, I've got proof. I've got proof that something happened at around 11 p.m. Central Time on Thursday. I have tangible proof. Let me explain. I know, I know you're thinking I'm crazy, but I'm not. This is what happened. At 11, around 10 p.m. Central Time, 10.30 p.m. Central Time, on Thursday, I was where I typically am on Thursdays. I was standing next to my Yamaha amp with a pair of headphones on, waiting for 11 p.m. Central Time, because Thursdays, 11 p.m. Central Time, for me, living here in West Texas, that's when all the new music begins to drop on all the streaming services, and I subscribe to pretty much all of them. So I'm always wait. I love that time of night as a music fan. I mean, there's nothing more exciting than waiting. It's like it's like standing out back in the olden days, standing in front of the record store, right, and waiting for them to open the door and then to run in and see all the new releases and buy as many of them as you could afford. Well, in 2019, I don't have to wait for the record store to open, and I don't have to go buy them. I subscribe to some music services, and at 11 p.m. Central Time. The store is open and I can take whatever I want. So I'm, I'm ready to go every Thursday. And at 11 p.m. Central Time this Thursday, something happened. Something happened that makes me question the entire fi fabric of the universe. It, 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 it makes me question time itself because something happened. Now, not on all the music services, but on a majority of them, two albums showed up almost immediately at 11 p.m. Central Time. And those two albums were pushed to the front. Like, these were their albums they were saying, hey, listen to this. Hey, featured, pay attention to this. And those two albums were, are you ready for this? The first album was by Madonna, Madam X. 
Madonna, Madam X. The second album, released at the same time, okay, with Madonna, was Western Stars by Bruce Springsteen. Okay, wait. 2019, and we get brand new albums on the same night, at the very same minute, of the very same day, by Madonna and by Bruce Springsteen. That doesn't look like 2019. I think it's 1987. Like, where, where are we? What, what, what happened? How do, in 2019 do we get new albums by Madonna and Bruce Springsteen? And if I take just a few minutes to go look over what's happening in the music charts, wait, the Jonas Brothers are back together? Wait, the Jonas Brothers had a number one hit? Wait, what is going on? Wait, Miley Cyrus is back on the charts? Wait, are we sure we know what's going on? And I could point to some other weird anomalies that seems to tell me that something has happened to time itself, that the earth went through some time portal and we all woke up Friday morning in a different year. And some of us, we figured it out. Some of you haven't, but something happened. Now it is always interesting when artists from the past show up again you know, years and years later with a new album. And it's always interesting when you have more than one older artist releasing new albums on the same day at the same time. It does make you stop and go, whoa, that, that's a flash from the past. That's, a, that, you know, that's weird. I, I can remember, um, I, I don't know, it was somewhere in the 1990s. I don't remember what year it was. Uh, pulling up at a record store um, in... Yeah, it was in, in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, that's that's where I was in the 1990s. Um, and um, when I got right, when I pulled up in the car and I looked at the window, they had you know all the different things promoting different albums. And I can't remember the groups that were listed, but it made me realize, wait, wait, are we going backwards? Or are we going forward? Because there was a bunch of older artists that had all released a new albums somewhere in the 1990s. Uh, I don't remember what year it was. And I had the same idea. That happens over and over and again. And it probably happens for anyone who cares about music. You know, some music of the past, they're, they're big, they kind of go away, they're not really, they're not, you know, they're not the talk anymore, they're not, you know, you know, they're not a Cardi B, they're not all the, you know, the Drake, we could talk all the different people that are dominating music, Billie Eilish, we could talk about that, and then all of a sudden, they kind of get pushed aside for a second, and then these older artists show up, and, and because of their name recognition, because of their past success, obviously music streaming services say, hey, let's push this to the forefront. And sometimes they have an immediate impact. They'll jump to number one. They'll get immediate, a, lar a large number of streams. They'll have an immediate impact, right? Because people from the past will jump onto it and go, oh, I, you know, I, I was a Bruce Springsteen album. You know, I was a Bruce Springsteen fan way back from, you know, his second album or third album, whatever. Or, or I was a Madonna fan. Remember in high school, you know, you know whatever. And so, um, they, they have an immediate impact, and then typically, and typically they, they go away relatively fast. Like, they, they show up quickly because of their past success, their name recognition, and then they disappear relatively quick. They may, they may even hit number one for a week, but then they're kind of gone. Now, to be fair, that's kind of <laughs> the way music kind of works. In some ways, in 2019, you do have some songs, some artists who seem to stick around forever, but you have, you, have, you know, hit really fast, you get that initial listen and then everyone moves on. So I don't know what the long-term success of this new album by Madonna or this new album by Bruce Springsteen will be, but as I was listening to the Bruce Springsteen album and I listened to it over and over and over again, I was like, okay, we need 
to talk about this. We need to discuss this album. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to briefly mention the Madonna album. I'll briefly mention some basic things about the Springsteen album, but I really want to get into the interpretation of the Springsteen album. I want to get into the kind of a philosophical idea of the Springsteen album because it really hit me hard and I've been thinking about it a lot, so I want to do that. But I did have to joke around a little bit about what year it is because it is interesting that we have a Madonna and a Bruce Springsteen album to talk about in June of 2019. Yeah, it is. And if I said July, then I was really confused. Okay, it's June. It is June. And if I if I am correct, I believe it's June. Yeah, it's June 15th. Okay. So if I said July 15th, that just goes along with my my confusion of time because I don't know what time it is anymore. I don't even know what day it is. I don't even know what year it is. All right. So are we ready? All right. Album number 1, Madam X by Madonna. Madam X by Madonna. What do you do when a new Madonna album comes out? Well, if you uh, Rolling Stone magazine made this observation, um, I think on Friday, I think they made this observation, Madonna's albums can, can, can be placed in two categories. The safe category, where she plays it safe and she kind of does what she does well, right? Now, it doesn't mean they're bad. It just means she plays it safe. She's not, you know, she's not trying to push, uh, you know, the boundaries. She's not trying to, you know, you know, reinvent a genre. She's not trying to evolve a genre. She, she knows what she does well. She does it and boom, uh, she makes a, a very good album. Now, sometimes when she plays it safe, the album's not so good. Sometimes when she plays it safe, it's amazing. It's a master, you know, she's, a, you know, as Rolling Stones refers to her as a disco mastermind. And, and if you, and we could get into a discussion about disco. I mean, some people believe disco, you know, is the Bee Gees and, well, you're hard to have musical conversations with those kinds of people. But um, if you if you understand the history of disco and how then there was a backlash against disco, so then disco kind of continued on, but they changed its name so that nobody would refer to it as disco because there was a backlash against it. But a lot of the a lot of the modern dance music obviously pays great homage and has a, a you know builds off what disco was doing. And when I say disco, what was happening in the gay clubs um, with the DJs, the mixing, I have a, um, I have a mix from um, one of the famous uh, disco clubs in New York City. Um, and you can kind of hear what was going on in the clubs. And that's, that's really what a lot of people don't realize. Well, she took a lot of what that sound was and she brought it over into a more pop-centric way um, that and but did not call it disco, and she, in some ways, kept it alive. So that's why sometimes she's referred to as a disco mastermind. Um, and some of her albums, you can definitely hear it if you know what to listen to. Um, and of course, uh, those are kind of her safe albums because that's kind of what she did really well. All right. Now, don't want to get into a whole discussion about that, but that literally we could do. I could do podcasts about disco and how it how it changed its name and and then where it showed up and how it kind of evolved and uh, the modern dance music scene. Oh, we we could we could we could have some lengthy discussions about all of that. So there's the one kind of Madonna album, play it safe. And then the other kind of Madonna album, I can't say what the Rolling Stone ma magazine article said, but we'll just say um, it's the what the heck is she doing kind of album. Like what. What is she thinking? What is this? Because it's bizarre or it's crazy or it's out there. Now, sometimes when she does what the heck kind of album, um, well, let's just say this. Um, sometimes they're really bad. 
Uh, sometimes they're really good. Um, again, it just depends on a lot of things of what, I, I guess sometimes she may, I think sometimes what makes it difficult with Madonna is if you, if you have certain songs by Madonna that, you know, will live on forever, if you have them stuck in your mind, right, you're like, oh, that's what Madonna sounds like, right? And you can think of some of her big hits, especially you older people, you, you know Madonna songs from back in your high school days, right? Um, you may say, that's what Madonna's supposed to sound like, but she sometimes defies expectations. And in some ways, you have to respect an artist that does that because they're not willing to say, they're going to say, I'm going to define my sound. I'm going to define myself. You don't get to define me. I'm not going to simply go with what you expect. I'm going to do with what I want. And I love when artists do that. Prince is a great example who did that, right? I mean, Purple Rain became this, you know, cultural phenomenon. And then in the next album, he's like, oh, you think you're going to get Purple Rain Part 2? Oh, no, you're not. You're going to get this bizarre segment where... I'm going to have a conversation with God and God is going to strike me dead because of my lust. And you're like, Prince, what are you doing? Right? Like he did not, he was not going to give people pur purple rain. And that made a lot of the so-called fans go away. And I love when artists do that. Like when artists are like, oh, you think that's what you like? Well, I'm, you don't get to determine what I make. I get to determine what I make. And oh, record companies, you don't get to de determine what I make. I like that. Now, Madonna didn't obviously go to the extremes to say Prince went, because Prince went to some extreme extremes at times, um, which I think it was funny because you had all these high school kids who were like, you know, Purple Rain, and you know, let's go crazy, and yeah, and, and, and then they listen to the next album, they're like, oh, this is a bunch of garbage, you know, and you're like, well, that, if you listen to the Prince albums before Purple Rain, <laughs> yeah, you would have heard some of the same things, yeah, but that's, you know. People jump on a bandwagon, and then when the bandwagon doesn't go the direction they want, they jump right back off of it. So uh, Madonna, not to those extremes, but there's times she has defied expectations. Now, there is a lot of criticism when it comes to Madonna, because sometimes they say that she wouldn't sell albums um, if she did not exploit her sexuality. Um, we could get into a whole discussion about this, that she sold sex, she didn't sell music, and as a result... She sold music because she was selling sex. And this is a long-term debate with Madonna. I can just use an anecdotal evidence. Um, back in the 1980s, go to the record store with all my friends. Now, the friends I was with at that record store on that particular evening was all, you know, hardcore metal hard rock fans, right? Ozzy, Black Sabbath, Maiden, you know, Priest, you know, that kind of scene, right? They were, they were the metal kids, right? Long hair, wearing, a, you know, an Iron Maiden shirt or, a, you know, a, a, a Black Sabbath shirt, something along those lines. You, you get the idea. And so we walk in and so I go and I purchase some music and, you know, we're not really talking about what each one's person. And then we get to the car and everyone pulls out the music they purchase and, and they're all holding Madonna albums. And I'm like, um what just happened to my friends? And they're like, and I'm like, why did you buy Madonna albums? And they're like, she's hot. And I'm like, her hotness, right? her hotness has nothing to do with her music, right? You either like the music. It's not like you think she's hot, she, but that that's, now that's anecdotal. I'm not saying that happens all the time. Now you can criticize her for doing that, or you can say, well, she can do whatever she wants. She's her, her own person. And if that's what she wants to do, as long as she's not being forced to do it by the music, you know, 
the, the record company, if the record company is forcing her to flaunt sexuality to sell and she doesn't want to do that, but she caves to the pressure, yeah, obviously everyone should be against that. If she chooses to do so, then she's her own person and she has that freedom um, in our country to, to do that, to express herself that way. Huh, see what I did there? Express yourself? Madonna, you, you, you don't get it. Okay, never mind. All right, so some of you will get what I just did there. So you know, that debate will rage on, um, you know. So I think for Madonna, she finds herself sometimes not being taken very seriously as a musical artist because some believe she just flaunted the sexuality. Some believe she's a mastermind in what she did with uh, how she used disco. There's, there's lots of opinions. So what happened on Thursday at 11 p.m.? Well, when Madonna, I said I was going to be short about this, but when Madonna dropped her new album, she, she decided to go with the what the heck is she doing idea, right? Again, two ideas, play it safe, what the heck. And again, play it safe doesn't mean always good, doesn't always mean bad. What the heck doesn't mean always good, doesn't mean always bad. So there's, there's kind of a, uh, and there's a lot of debate about how to perceive Madonna and based off your expectations. There's just a lot. Madonna is somewhat complicated in, 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 in certain ways. Not, I mean, not massively complicated, but there's a lot of facets and layers to consider. I mean, she's been around for a long time. She's done a lot of things and she's been, uh, uh, she's been a part of lots of controversies, okay, um, about, you know, censorship and, and, you know, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. You know, I remember in the 80s, you know, Like a Virgin, you talk about, you know, all kinds of controversy, Papa Don't Preach, uh, and, uh, uh, like, a, like a Prayer, oh, and that video. I mean, man, she's just, she's been, in, and she, she also uses controversy as well. So, in 2019, though, controversy game is kind of, you know, I mean, what's going to be controversial in 2019? And what are you really going to do? You know, so, you know, I, I guess she could come out. If she really wanted to be controversial, she could drop an album that, you know, says she converted to Christianity and she condemns, <laughs> she, she, she condemns all, uh, she condemns abortion. She condemns, right. And uh, that would be controversial in 2019. But outside of that, I mean, really nothing else you're going to say is really going to be that controversial. I mean, I mean, just go, let's go purchase a couple of, you know, let's, let's go stream a couple of uh, current rap albums and look at the lyrics and tell me, is she going to be able to say anything more controversial than quote unquote, what's in those rap albums? That's not even controversial in 2019. So, so what is she going to do? All right. Well, on Madam X, here's kind of what happens. She goes with what the heck idea, not to play it safe, musically. And musically, she explores a lot of different sounds, and I think it's some interesting stuff. I think at times you're, I mean, uh, Rolling Stone magazine called it bizarre. I don't know if I would go all the way that far. I think maybe a little hyperbole there. I mean, because you, if you listen to a lot of music that's released, you hear a lot of different sounds and you hear a lot of bizarre albums. If you just spend, uh, you know, 24 hours listening to all the new releases, you can hear some crazy stuff. Now, that crazy stuff may never get any attention, but there's some crazy stuff out there. But yes, there is a, uh, she does a lot of crazy, she explores lots of different sounds, and musically, I think the album is interesting and fascinating. My friend in Nebraska, he listened to it as well. I think we did have the same kind of thought that it, it seems that like it's too long, that she went too long in it. Um, that she should have made the album shorter, go for more impact, 
than 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 length, but a lot of the artists go with lo a, a, a large number of tracks because then that gets a, a, that increases your streaming numbers, right? If a million people stream your album and you have 15 tracks, then that's gonna you know that increases your total number of streams versus if 15 million people listen, you only have 10 tracks. Um, but I think sometimes for artistic and emotional impact, shorter sometimes is better, not always. But well, actually, I believe in 2019, shorter probably is always better when it comes to albums because people have 9 million albums to, to choose from every, you know, day. So are they going to stick with your album through 15 tracks? Taylor Swift, uh, uh, Taylor Swift, her new album, whenever it drops in August, um, I think it's, going, it's, it's reported to have 18 tracks. I don't know if that's such a good idea. Well, maybe for Taylor Swift, it's a good idea. I don't know. So I feel it goes a little too long, but I think musically, I was I liked the production. I thought it was interesting. Lyrically, there are some interesting things she does lyrically. There's clearly some political overtones. There's some religious uh, connotations. Obviously, there's some sexual metaphors um, because that's it's Madonna, so you have to almost expect that. Um, there's times... I think here's the problem I have sometimes with Madonna. When she, she hits a more serious tone in her lyrics or tries to deal with a more serious, a more uh, serious concept, sometimes it's hard to take it serious, right? Because you, you got a certain image of Madonna, right? You know, uh, you know, singing like a virgin in a wedding dress, rolling around on the stage in a sexual way at the MTV, you know, video, video music awards. Like, like some of those, when you grew up as a teenager with the, the Madonna revolution, um, changing fashion, she wasn't really seen as like this serious artist trying to make these major statements. But maybe in some ways she was making statements but it didn't come across like she was. It wasn't like um, pulling out some other artist and you're like, ooh, I've got to analyze these lyrics. In some cases, you felt like you didn't really need to analyze Madonna's lyrics, but maybe they were saying more than you give credit for. But there's a perception. So there's that perception. And then when she starts singing certain lyrics, it comes across, it comes across like someone trying to be deep or meaningful um, like someone pretending to be deep or meaningful. And that's probably not necessarily fair, but at times it feels that way. But I could point out some other songs where she was uh, tackling some pretty serious issues, right? So again, maybe maybe um, Madonna at times is a paradox, is a contradiction, right? Uh, one kind, sometimes you want to just dismiss her as an, you know, an artist who uses sexuality. She's just a pop star who uses sexuality to make nice little pop songs to appeal to teenagers. But at other times, she seems to, to uh, want to address far deeper issues. And, and maybe that paradox sometimes leads to uh, some, some confusion there. I don't know. The bottom line is Madam X by Madonna Musically, it's interesting, worth a listen. Lyrically, I, I will say this. I have not given this album the time that I gave Bruce Springsteen. Now, I like the sound of Madonna's album better than the production on Bruce Springsteen. I like the musical. Now, Bruce Springsteen does a lot of uh, ex exploration of some different musical styles that are kind of a little different for him as well. But um, so there's certain things I, I, I definitely will listen to. I probably, this is the thing. 
Um, Bruce Springsteen, I thought, was giving me a, a philosophical trip, a philosophical journey. And so I, once I got caught into the philosophy, then I kept listening, trying to un unwind the, the interpretation. Madonna, I felt what necessarily wasn't doing that, even though there are some interesting uh, lyrical content that we could explore. I was more focused on the music with her, not the lyrics. And again, that may be my own, you know, my perception of her may be flawed and it may not be fair or accurate. Um, but again, it's, it's it, like I was there when Madonna dropped her first song and I watched her throughout high school and I saw the, how she was perceived and I didn't think of her that way. And maybe that's unfair, not allowing an artist to, to evolve. And, 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 and I do criticize people for doing that with artists and maybe I've kind of done that with her. So maybe this is confession time. I don't know. I will go back and listen to it again and pay more attention to the lyrics and we'll, we will see. But I would say this, uh, Madam X, if you listen to it, the music is the key to me. Um, and then you can see what you think about some of the lyrics. All right. I think, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I have a hard time taking some of her lyrics seriously, but you can see what you think about it. That's Madam X by Madonna. It's on streaming services right now. You can go listen. You can explore. It will be interesting to see what impact she can make in 2019. Um, you know, a lot of powerful female artists uh, getting a lot of attention in 2019. Does she still have a voice that can be relevant? And if it's relevant, if, is it relevant to 40-year-old moms, right? Is it relevant to, you know, um, grandmothers who, you know, listened to her back when they were little? Um, is it going to be relevant? Is Madonna relevant to a 14-year-old girl, 15-year-old girl, 16-year-old girl, 17-year-old girl, 18-year-old girl, college students in 2019? Does she still have a voice that can resonate with that generation? Or is she just resonating with the, you know, the moms? That, that's, that's an important question, and that's one that we will, what will, only time will tell. All right? And now, we turn our attention to Bruce Springsteen. Okay? Now, here's what I want to do. With Madonna, I kind of went through a lot of different concepts, a lot of different ideas. With the Bruce Springsteen album, I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to talk about his past. I don't want to talk about all of his albums. I'm not going to talk about my history listening to Bruce Springsteen. I'm not going to talk about all my favorite lyrics, my favorite albums, my favorite memories. I mean, I could, I could talk a long time about Bruce Springsteen. I have been listening to him forever, it seems. It seems like a good portion of my life. And um, wow. Lots I could say. I could talk about all the albums. I could talk about what he did on this album, what he did on this album, how this was so brilliant, how this was so brilliant, how he's kind of viewed as this amazing songwriter. Like, so much I could say, but I don't want to do any of that. And when I come to the new album, again, the new album by Bruce Springsteen is called Western Stars. Bruce Springsteen, Western Stars. Um, this has been a well, a highly anticipated album. I mean, there was there was some question about how much Madonna was being anticipated because some of her uh, uh, first singles were not really well received, um, and they didn't do well. So there's been a lot of concern that Madonna had kind of lost it and you know wasn't really relevant anymore. So again, we'll we'll see. But with Bruce Springsteen, there was a lot of anticipation, you know, highly anticipated album because it's, it's Bruce Springsteen and people always believe he has something to say, that he has a voice that, uh, that still resonates, that's still, uh, still relevant and that it can still speak to the, to the culture of, of 2019, 2017, 2016. 
I believe this is uh, Springsteen's, man, is it like his 19th album? Now, I'm going with memory here. I don't have any notes here. I believe it's his 19th album. That That's crazy. And no matter where he finds himself, he always seems to have something to say that can resonate with people. Now, let's be fair. <laughs> Sometimes people resonate with a Bruce Springsteen lyric because they misunderstand, they misinterpret. Born in the USA. Yeah, I did an entire podcast about people misinterpreting that song. Okay, so um, sometimes maybe people resonate because they don't get it, which I find humorous. But there seems to always, he always seems to be a way to speak to two to things. So when we come to this Bruce Springsteen album, Western Stars, this is what I want to do. I am going to not go through the tracks. I'm not going to do a typical music review. I'm not even going to talk about the musical styles on it and, and all the different things reviewers have pointed out. We're going to simply try to interpret Bruce Springsteen, Western Stars. We're going to interpret the album. This is going to be short. That's why I spent a little bit more time on Madonna because I started thinking, man, this is going to be uh, really short. So I want to make sure people have, you know, get something from this. So, uh, but I hope this interpretation, because the, the goal of this interpretation is to get you to go listen to Western Stars and maybe get you to listen to it in a different way. And here's how we're going to interpret the album. We're going to we're going to look at how the album starts and we're going to look at how the album ends. And I believe the the way the album starts and the way the album ends is how you interpret the album and everything in between carries the the narrative and the idea. Now, Many are calling this a concept album. Rolling Stone Magazine said it's a concept album about horses. I don't know how, where they drew that conclusion. Maybe Bruce Springsteen said that. If he did, then I, I, my interpretation is going to be wrong. I think the Rolling Stone reviewer just said that in a flippant way because he was really, he was really reviewing the, uh, the Madonna album, but he threw in the Bruce Springsteen album because, again, everyone is because it's 2019 and they both release an album at the same time. So even Rolling Stone couldn't, couldn't stop themselves from some pointing this out like I couldn't. Um, so I think maybe there was just kind of a throwaway line that the reviewer wrote that, you know, hey, Bruce, in 2019, who would have thought that Madonna and Bruce Springsteen would both release albums? Madonna re releases this bizarre album and Bruce Springsteen releases a concept album about horses. I think it was almost in a joking way because the cover has horses on it and the name of its Western stars. I, 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 I that maybe that reviewer had not listened to the Springsteen album. I can, I can assure you it's not an album about horses, all right? At least if it is, then I, I need to go back and learn how to interpret albums. Um, but we're going to focus on the beginning, and we're going to focus on the end by looking at the lyrics. Are you ready? The album begins, and I'm not even going to give you the name of the songs, because this is about the lyrical content of those songs, all right? It begins with this verse. Bruce Springsteen, Western Stars, the album begins with this verse. Thumb stuck out as I go. I'm just traveling up the road. Maps don't do much for me, friend. I follow the weather and the wind. I'm hitchhiking all day long. Got what I can carry and my song. I'm a rolling stone just rolling on. Catch me now. Because tomorrow, I'll be gone. That's how the album begins. It begins with this character who's hitchhiking. 
He's, he's going nowhere. He's just going. He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know. And you get the line. Maps don't do much for me, friend. I follow the weather and the wind. He just follows the weather and the wind. And he goes, uh, all, all, all he has is what he can carry and his song. I'm a rolling stone. Catch me now because tomorrow I'll be gone. He's not sticking around. We don't know who he really is. We don't know where he's going, but he's going. That's how the album begins. This person on the side of the road hitchhiking. It's a beautiful imagery for what the album is going to do. This person, we're introduced to this character who's about to begin a journey. And the journey, we don't know where he's going. We don't know why he's going. Now we get some hints but I won't share those, but he's going somewhere. He's just going. Now, is it, is this a, do we kind of, are we supposed to celebrate this guy? That guy, that he's not attached to anything. He doesn't have any responsibilities or do we feel bad for him because he doesn't seem to have anywhere to go? What, what is he doing? Is he, is he, listen carefully to what I'm about to say. Is he running from something or is he chasing something? Is he running from something or is he chasing something? Now, that's how the album begins. The album ends with this. Onto a road so black, I backtracked to the Moonlight Motel. She was boarded up and gone like an old summer song. Nothing but an empty shell. I pulled in and stopped into my old spot. I pulled a bottle of Jack out of a paper bag, poured one for me and one for you as well. Then it was one more, one more shot poured out into the parking lot to the Moonlight Motel. That's how the album ends. It begins with someone hitchhiking and it ends in a parking lot of now a hotel that's gone. All right, let me read that again. On a road so black as I backtracked to the Moonlight Motel, she was boarded up and gone like an old summer song. The motel's gone. It's just, it's all boarded up. It's, it's no more. Nothing but an empty shell. I pulled in and stopped into my old spot. So he pulls in and parks. Now remember, it begins with someone hitchhiking. Now the person is in a parking lot. But what where they have arrived it's gone. It's, it's not there. I pulled a bottle of Jack out of a paper bag, poured one for me and one for you as well. Then it was one more shot poured out into the parking lot to the Moonlight Motel. Begins with someone hitchhiking and it ends with someone in a parking lot. That to me was powerful and everything in between those two bookends is stories of, of different people. It's stories of, of, of wandering, traveling, searching, and running. So again, this person arrived at a parking lot. So let me ask the same story. Did they arrive here looking for something or did they arrive here running from something? Does the album begin with someone running from something or someone looking for something? Are they chasing something? This person pulls into a parking lot. Do they pull here because they're running from something or were they chasing something? Now, when it hit, when he gets there, I mean, it's over. It's there's All he's left is obviously with some kind of a memory of this Moonlight Motel. It's gone. So if the person who was 
begin, taking off the journey at the beginning of the album, when they get to the end of the album, it, it, it's kind of a depressing idea. It's kind of a little, it's kind of dark. It's kind of uh, cynical. It's kind of uh, symbolic, maybe. But this is what I wrote in my notes as I was listening. And this is where I think that the, the way to interpret the whole album, all right? Here's my own words. Are we all chasing something or are we all running from everything? Are we all chasing something or are we all running from everything? Sometimes when we think we're chasing something, is it because we're actually running from everything else? Are we chasing something or are we running from something? Or is it sometimes a combination of both? We're chasing something because we're running from something else. What are we running from? What are we chasing? This album is about different characters, different people. You got a, a, a West, an old Western star who talks about his past. And you got a, a stunt man who talks about his... You got all these different characters. And these characters at times seem like they're running from something or they're chasing something. This idea of running or chasing something or running from something seems to show up in, in, in the narratives of all of these songs, right? You have either people, I gotta, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to push this behind me and I'm going, okay? Or I'm going because I'm looking for something, right? It's this, are we chasing or are we running? Are we chasing or are we running? Are we, are we constantly filled with both in our lives? Now, our running, our, our running from things doesn't necessarily mean that we're on the side of the road hitchhiking. Doesn't mean that in any way, shape, or form. We can be running from things emotionally. We can be running from things mentally. We can be chasing things. Doesn't mean we're packing up our car and going. And the, and the, and the story of the album and, and, the, and the way the journey goes through all these different people, you see different people, different parts of life, different, you kind of are introduced to different characters, but this idea of chasing and running seems to show up over and over and over again. I, again, I would strongly recommend, I, I, I mean, I cannot, I cannot recommend it enough that you spend some time and you listen to, uh, to this album. I, I really, I really think it's worth your time. I, I know it's hard. I mean, who knows? When, when you get people to, to listen to an album like this, um, I, I, you know, I don't know if you can get people to or not, but let me just go through some of the, I'll just go through the tracks real quick. Hitchhiking, that's track number one. Yeah, get the idea, hitchhiking. Um, oh, I was, I was looking on, um, I was looking on Apple Music because sometimes they'll give a track by track uh, kind of a editorial uh, interpretation. They don't do that uh, for this album, which is interesting. Um, Bruce Springsteen probably didn't want. He he sometimes doesn't like to 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 lay out what the songs mean. He likes to to leave it uh, for people to figure out. But Hitchhiking, The Wayfarer, Tuscan Train. So I mean, get 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 or just follow a theme. Hitchhiking, Wayfarer. Tuscan Train, Western Stars, right? Sleepy Joe's Cafe, Dri Drive Fast, The Stuntman, Chasing Wild Horses, Chasing Wild Horses. I think there's a part of me that thinks track seven is the uh, key track to unlocking the album. We could talk about that. Track eight, Sundown. Um, 
Tr uh, track nine, somewhere north of, and I and it doesn't show me the to total, the, the full name of the track, but if I click on the track, it's going to uh, stop the recording, so I can't. Uh, Stones, uh, There Goes My Miracle, Hello Sunshine, and Moonlight Motel. 13 tracks. Um, I think the running time is 51 minutes, so it's not even a full hour, which again, I think is smart. Um, but I, I think the reason this album doesn't feel as long as, say, Madonna's album is because he, I think there's telling a story. There's a, there, there seems to be a narrative running through it. Now, some call it a concept album. Maybe there's a concept. Maybe there, now, I have not read anything Bruce Springsteen has said. He may have given some, a lot more interpretation about this, but that's where I am. I think it's just brilliant how it begins with someone hitchhiking and it ends with someone sitting in a parking lot. Um, it's, it's filled with stories of chasing something. It's filled with a story with people running from something. And I think all, every person is in their life, there is a, a, there is a constant struggle with us of running from things in the past, chasing things in the future, chasing things that maybe we want to get us away from our past. I think we're filled with motivations about chasing and running. I think we're filled with, with uh, those two motivating factors inside of us emotionally and mentally. And I think it's an interesting exploration of chasing and running. I think it's a, an, a, 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 an emotional exploration of the concept of chasing and running that's found inside many people. And it, it looks at this concept in the lives of of individual characters that he introduces you to as you go through the album. It's kind of like, okay, this person's hitchhiking, and now he's going to tell you about these different people I, I envision that he meets on his way. And then at the end, is it the person who was hitchhiking who ends up in the parking lot, or is it a different character? But this character at the end ends up in a parking lot. And when he gets there, it's over. So whatever he was running from, does it really matter when you get to where you're going and uh, it's all boarded up and gone? If you're chasing it and you chase what you're running, you're going after, and when you get there, um, it's all boarded up. I mean, there, there's a little bit of uh, Ecclesiastes that comes in into this uh, in a sense that Ecclesiastes says, you know, every, you know, meaningless, 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 vanity of vanities. Everything is meaningless. Everything is vanity. Now, of course, Ecclesiastes places is the meaninglessness under the sun. Um, and of course, Ecclesiastes argues the only place to find meaning, what you really need to be chasing is God, and then you'll find him and you'll have meaning and purpose, but everything else under the sun, no matter how, you, you can't run from it, you're never going to get away from it, you're not going to chase it, if you chase it, it's not going to be, it's going to be a boarded up hotel that's an empty shell of itself. So the album is kind of depressing in that way. It's depressing. Now, knowing Bruce, he has a lot of symbolism going in there that, that if, he, if you ever saw him on BH1 Songwriters, when he went through a lot of his uh, songs, whoa, he had all these scribbled handwritten notes on, on, on Songwriters on BH1. It was brilliant. And he just starts going. Like he, he takes every line and starts interpreting it. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait, slow down, Bruce. Where are you going? When he does start trying to take apart what he's trying to get across in songs, sometimes there's a lot more going on than you may have perceived. The only danger is sometimes you got to wait for him to tell you. So in this case, I, I am offering you a way to listen to the album. That's what I'm doing. I'm not trying to be dogmatic. I'm offering you a way to listen to the album. Take Western Stars, 51 minutes of your time on all the streaming services.
Start with track one. Listen all the way through. Keep this idea. Running or chasing and running. Chasing and running. Follow the narrative of it starts with a man hitchhiking. It's going to end with a man in a parking lot. And you follow the journey of all the things that happens in between. And when it's done, tell me what you hear. Tell me what you discover. Now, you can do that by emailing me at newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. You can keep up with everything that I produce, all the podcasts, um, everything that we do. The easiest way is to go to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Do a search for VBC66, VBC, stands for Victory Baptist Church, the number 66. VBC66, yes, it is a church app. <laughs> People who hear these uh, these podcasts will go, wait, this is part of a church app? Yes, because see, as a church, um, we like to talk about what's happening in the culture. We like to talk about what's happening in our world. And we also like to interpret the art of the culture in which we live because the art of our culture it is expressing ideas and messages, and we don't have to necessarily agree. We may disagree, but we listen to what the culture is saying, all right? Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you always have to, to give a moral judgment upon it. It means you just try to understand what the person is saying, and then you can determine your agreement or disagreement. So you have two very different, you have two very different albums. They're, they, uh, Madonna and Bruce Springsteen, very different. I mean, they've always been different. Obviously, they're different musically. And they're very different lyrically. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just, I mean, we could go all the difference lyrically. Uh, it, it's an interesting contrast because you have people who have been around for a very long time in music. They've had their own life journeys. They have their own ways of seeing the world. And you now, in 2019, in June, you're given two pieces of work from these two artists, and you can see how they are, per, how their their perception of the world, or how they want to e e explore certain ideas in their art, and it, it is an interesting contrast, just because they've been around forever, and so you get to kind of see where they are today, and then you can contrast that their their voice, their way, with how artists today see things or perceive things. It's always an interesting. Everyone has a story. Every person has a, every person you meet has a story, right? Their story is in, is in progress, right? Every person you meet, they have a past where their story started and how their story has arrived to where whenever you meet them. When you meet them, their story is still going on. And you don't know how their story is going to end. We send, we tend to judge people based off very surface level things. We don't perceive that every person has a story. And every, everyone does. Springsteen and Madonna's album is about people who have a long story in music. And we're, we're picking up their story right where it is. How it's going to end, we do not know. Um, but we can kind of see. We can kind of see where they are. And it's just a fascinating uh, thought and exploration. So let me end with this. Bruce Springsteen. Western Stars. Ask, I think, in a way, this question. Are we all chasing something or are we all running from everything? What are you chasing? What are you running from? Now, I could go into a full-fledged Christian sermon right now about this concept, but I will not. I will just let you consider that question from a 
philosophical and psychological way? Are what, what are you chasing? Are we all chasing something or are we all running from everything? Are we doing a little bit of both? And you listen to Bruce Springsteen, Western Stars, even if you're not a fan of the music, just at least explore the stories because it's storytelling um, in a very interesting way because each song tells a story with kind of, in some cases, a different character. But I think if you pick up the narrative, you'll find it to be interesting. All right, I'll stop right there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. Everyone have a great weekend and, well, listen to some music, right? Listen to some music because, uh, well, it's an, music is an amazing gift given to, to mankind. It's this amazing gift. Now, I know some people believe well, it wasn't a gift given. It was a gift that man created for itself. But however you want to get into a debate about that, um, let's just say this. Music is an amazing thing. And as human beings, we get to um, enjoy it. And so uh, to me, I can't imagine a life without music. Music is kind of like air. It's kind of like, um, it's like a, it's necessary. It's a necessary part of our fi fibric. It's, it's a part of our being. It, in some ways, it, to me, it makes us human. Um, but we could talk about my, my feelings about that. But that's a whole, you know, why? Obviously, not everyone feels the same because some people were like, hey, yeah, I like music. Yeah, I'm a music fan. And they, they don't really mean it. And then there's those of us who, um, yeah, it's, it's our life. It's our life in a lot of ways. So, all right, we'll stop right there. Everyone have a great day. Listen to some music. And, well, hopefully you'll listen to whatever we do next. Thank you.